Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Slater Victoroff. Slater, you are the founder and CTO of Indico Data. You're found on the web at indicodata.ai. Slater, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what does Indico Data do? We are uh, an AI-powered bionic arm for the modern knowledge worker. Right. So, you know, you hear a lot about AI. I think you hear a lot about the really cool demos coming out from Google and Facebook. What we do basically, well, you know, if you're a lawyer, if you're someone processing invoices at a large company, you know, we've got this, you know, very modern application. You basically sit in, you do your work like you do it today, but we've got this very bleeding edge AI on the back. Uh, on the back end, right? That's going and paying attention to what you're doing and figuring out, oh, hey, you know, actually Bob and Sue, you know, you're doing this a little bit differently. You should probably get on the same page about, you know, how to do this process. And then, you know, steps up and says, okay, actually I can start to help here. You know, let me take care of that. Oh, you know, I can handle that document. You know, you don't have to do that uh, so that, you know, you can do 10 times more than you could otherwise. Yeah. And so when we talk about AI, um, sometimes I wonder if that's a term that's overused or used inappropriately. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My hunch is correct. Uh, so, but tell me where AI actually fits when we're talking about unstructured data. And and first, if you could just maybe just further define what unstructured data is. And, uh, you know, you've got some great case studies on your website in terms of industries, obviously insurance, real estate, financial services are big ones. Um, mm-hmm. But but there's a lot of other type of of industries are just dealing with massive amounts of either customer data or you know operational data or that sort of thing. But so if you get to find unstructured data, and then when we AI. think about what the AI is actually doing, how does that produce meaningful uh, data that we could then use business and, and value, right? Make the, make the world a better place. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. So let me let me give you I'll, I'll give you a triple whammy here, right? So okay, so number one, uh, let's talk about what unstructured data is. Unstructured data really broadly is anything that doesn't fit into rows and columns. So this is text, this is video, this is audio, you know, this is what we're doing right now. We're making unstructured data. Uh, And one of the really important things, and, you know, this is going to dovetail around to what is AI? Why do people keep using it, right? And what do I mean when I say it? Now, AI really roughly is anything that humans generally do today uh, that machines will do tomorrow. And that notion of today is actually really important. And this is why AI is such a weird, fuzzy term, because it actually changes over time. You know, back decades and decades and decades ago, right, when elevators were all run by people, you know, that little button, you know, on the elevator saying what floor to go to, that was AI, right? You know, when when you still bake your bread by hand, you know, a toaster that automatically pops something up, you know, that was AI. Today, no one's going to consider that AI. So when we talk about, okay, what is AI today? What is sort of the area of stuff where we've kind of figured out some really helpful technology? And then, you know, this will turn into the last piece, right? That actually helps us do things in, you know, sort of a computer assisted way that maybe we couldn't do in a really great way before. 
Right. Uh, and that's why unstructured data is so exciting today. I think when people talk about deep learning, deep learning gets thrown out, you know, in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people think deep learning is a panacea, you know, it's going to solve everything. I actually, even though, you know, all of our companies built on that, I'm very much not in that camp, right? Deep learning is useful for a very, very specific set of tools. And, you know, these, these sets of things are really centered around unstructured data, right? So it is better tools for understanding text and language and computer vision and video and things along those lines. Now, to, to round around, right, to the, this final piece, right, what does the AI do? And I think this is the, the biggest difference between Indico and everyone else, right, is that what we're really building is a human AI system, right? And so that's the thing is like the AI is very much not autonomous, right? It is this bionic arm. So what you're seeing is imagine that you're doing your job the same way that you do today, but instead of seeing, you know, maybe a blank field where you would have extracted the value from the invoice, the AI has already filled it out for you and said, hey, I, I've got this actually. In fact, I've processed 90% of this invoice already. I just, I can't read that name there. You know, could you, could you fix that for me? Right. So that's, sort of the the way that your work changes, right, with this AI uh, almost being an assistant in your day-to-day -day work. Yeah. And and tell me about the, like, where this came from. Like, so were you, was was this correct? You were in college? No, no, no. When yes. when did you, 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 you did came up with this when you were in college? Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I'm a college dropout, Josh. You know, we might have raised uh, $36 million, but I still don't have a bachelor's. Uh, <laughs> well, there's all there's always time. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. I, you know, I, I I have definitely thought about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll give you the the really brief background to it. You know, and you know, it all starts in 2012. I think from the statement that I say is the most wrong that I've ever been. Uh, I said to one of my professors, and we were sitting down, and you know, I was a sophomore in college, and I had just published this AI paper that was kind of you know really well received, and so of course I knew everything in the world at that point. Uh, and I said to my professor, the war is over, deep learning lost. Right. You know, obviously I'm eating crow in a very big way, but it's important <laughs> to realize that in 2012, that was a really normal thing to think. Uh, in fact, deep learning was so unpopular. It's, it's almost hard to imagine now, right, a decade later, right? But it was so unpopular. There were only three research labs in the world that were still studying it in any kind of serious way. It was University of Toronto, University of Montreal, and NYU. Right. And they're, they're not the names you expect. Right. Um, and so that was kind of the climate where I'm saying, you know, the war is over, deep learning lost. And mm. fundamentally, the genesis of Indico was me being wrong about that. Uh, my co-founder, Alec Radford, uh, you know, he, he uh, sucked me out in the dorm rooms and he said, hey, you know, I, I hear that, you know, about AI. So we should do some AI projects together. We started doing Kaggle competitions and really. That, that was the start of Indico, right? I didn't realize it at the time, but, uh, you know, for the first six months, I still felt pretty good. You know, my traditional techniques were working well, but after the first six months, I never made another winning submission again. And his <laughs> deep learning techniques just absolutely wiped the floor with me. Uh, and after, after losing for long enough, right, I'm a pretty competitive guy. I said, okay, maybe I backed the wrong horse here, right? And, and then the question really became, okay, deep learning is this amazing technology. Now I've seen what it can do in this kind of very academic, you know, very well-constrained environment. So now what's it going to take to turn that into something really meaningful? Uh, a lot harder. It took a lot longer than I thought it would. Um, but, you know, that's how Indico got made. Yeah. And at some point here, so you'd started the company, launched it, it's growing. Uh, and then you get to a point about, what, four years into your journey 
and you hired a CEO. And that's, I told you before we started recording, please get ready to tell that story because I think that there's a lot of folks that I've interviewed and I know folks in this audience as well. You know, there's a point at which I think they may look at their company and say, if we get to this point and we're projected to get to that point, I don't know that I want to be the CEO of that company. Like I'd rather just kind of, I love this aspect of doing what it does. And if it means, you know, me, if I continue to be the CEO at that level, well, now I'm having to do a bunch of stuff that I don't want to do. You know, I I think the best way to tell the story about hiring uh, the CEO, which by the way, worked out really, really well for us is about telling the time when I didn't hire the CEO Mm. instead. Right. Uh, Okay. So, and, you know, maybe I'll, I'll paint it. So I'm, you know, uh, you know, sophomore, then junior in college, right. We founded the company. We're working, you know, 5 PM to 5 AM on Sunday nights, eating pineapple and onion pizza. Right. Uh, And then out of nowhere, uh, we get into tech stars, right. You know, we, we, you know, there was some hard work, uh, you know, before that, but, you know, really that was the crossover point. We got into tech stars for a we need a CEO. Someone's got to be CEO now, right? We were a bunch of engineers. I was the most uh, presentable and business-minded of the engineers. Uh, and so I was the CEO, right? And that was that was literally uh, all the thought that we put into it at the time. Mm-hmm. Then we keep going, right? Because, you know, tech stars were still, you know, five, six, seven people, right? Not growing very fast, not very serious yet. Then we go out, we raise our first seed round. $3 million, right? Uh, from General Catalyst, really, you know, big name, obviously big name investor. And maybe two, three weeks afterwards, I have this just like, oh crap moment. I'm not, I'm not a CEO. Mm. And, and what I really realized at the moment was what made me excited, right? Was building this technology, right? And I think this was the hardest part. It's not that I couldn't be the CEO, right? In fact, I was, I was a fine CEO, right? By, by all external measures, I was doing a fine job company was being funded, you know, like we were, we were, you know, up into the right, you know, we were making money, we were making customers happy. But what I really, and, and, you know, then I went out, I talked to the board, I said, hey, uh, I'm not the right CEO for this company. uh, And we should hire a CEO. And everyone just loses their mind. Literally, they call me into the offices, everyone's like, so you're thinking of quitting the company? I'm like, whoa, I didn't say that. <laughs> right. And, and then I would have these other people calling me and saying, you know, oh, just because you're stepping down as CEO, you know, you sh- shouldn't feel like a failure. And I was like, well, I didn't until you said that. Uh, and so and, and yeah. cause, again, because I was doing a fine job at the time, I basically yeah. I, I got gun shy and then I walked into the big meeting and I said, you know what? I made a mistake. I will continue to be CEO. Um, wow. And I think that was the biggest mistake I ever made. Wow. So we kept going. Business was all right. Right. But it wasn't it wasn't accelerating. Right. And, you know, I realized at the time, you know, while I was getting by and I was a again, a a fine CEO, I wasn't the CEO that that company deserved. And I was always going to be more effective in the CTO role. And, you know, eventually, like it always does. Right. The company got to a tricky point. Right. Where, you know, things were going okay but not great. You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to try to sell it? Are we going to raise another round? And I basically said to the the other investors, not not the ones that kind of, you know, like were terrified when I said this the first time, like, I'm I'm not the CEO for this company. I basically said, look, you've got me in the wrong role. Um, I still really believe in this company. Right. But I need to I need to take a step over to the side. We need to bring a CEO in. Um, and I think this is what was really important. Actually, I pushed them. 
right? I think you hear a lot of people being like, oh, you know, the investor is going to step in if you're doing a bad job, remove you as CEO. And mm. that, that does happen, right? That's not really a healthy way for it to go though, right? I think things are in a really, really bad spot at that point. Right. But because I said, hey, in fact, I demanded it. I'm like, look, I cannot do this otherwise. But that meant that we were on the same side of the table when we went out to go find the CEO, right? And it meant that we were, we were making decisions in the same sort of way. And you know, as soon as I, I met Tom, right, we went out, we did a formal process. Thankfully, you know, there was enough behind the business, right, that we could go out and we could pay, you know, a few tens of thousands of dollars to an executive recruiter to help us find a CEO. Oh, sure. that, I mean, that's, I mean, A, you got to have enough of a, a company that like a good CEO is going to be interested in coming and taking over, yeah, right? Right, right. Um, and yeah, and then and then miraculously there, you know, we found Tom and as it always goes, it turns out as soon as we met that we had, you know, 10 second degree connections and my old boss was his old coworker, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, that's always how it goes. And, you know, I don't know, the, the rest is history. Um, it, it's just, it's been a really, really wonderful working relationship from day one. And it's taken us our time maybe to figure out exactly how to do it right. But um, I don't know. He's a fantastic partner, right? And and Indico finally has both the CEO and the CTO it deserves. Yeah, that's wonderful. I like it. What a happy, <laughs> it's got a story with a nice happy ending. Oh um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're off on a tear. So that's a happy ending, right? Yeah, Slater, in terms of growth now, where is growth for Indico? And both maybe historically over the past couple of years and you know, kind of looking ahead in terms of where opportunities are. Yeah, so we're doing very, very well from a growth perspective. We just had a press release come out, uh, you know, earlier today as of this recording, right? Probably a little while ago as of the publishing. <laughs> so we were at a, approximately a hundred percent growth uh, over the course of 2021. Um, but actually, the thing that I want to highlight there that uh, and, and sorry, that that's an ARR, not even in in just straight revenue. Revenue actually is you know even significantly uh, bigger than that because we've got a lot of prepays. Um, but the number that I want to highlight that to me matters way more than even our ARR growth is our NRR. So that's our net revenue retention. So that's for every dollar that the customer was paying us at the start of 2021, what were they paying us at the end of 2021? And that was 150%, right? 149%, right? Um, and that, uh, you know, maybe maybe for reference, I don't know exactly who's who's got all the benchmarks, but like a very high performing SaaS company might be at 125%. Right. Um, and uh, the unstructured data space, it's, it's very nascent. There's a lot of snake oil going around. Mm. We actually have, unfortunately, there's a production success rate of 10% if you look at the industry broadly. We, oh, we're at 90%, sure. but average is 10%. Um, and also the average renewal rate that you're seeing at a lot of these products is like 30%, right, year over year. So not only did we have a really, really awesome year, you know, I could not be more proud of the team and, you know, how well they've executed over the course of 2021, but yeah. we've done it in this incredibly noisy, choppy environment that just, it's, it's, it's like weight training almost, right? It just feels like everything's a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, wow. So where do your clients come from right now? Are you, are you having to do Lots of billboard ads and, you know. Or, we or only it, do billboard ads, actually, Josh. Yeah, you right. know? <laughs> <laughs> On yeah. one lonely highway, stretch of highway and. Look outside uh, your window now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what sales and marketing, like how do you, yes. uh, how are you creating growth or is growth just like. You just kind of kick back and let the money come on in or. <laughs> oh, God, I wish. Right. You know, I, 
I think anyone in that situation is either lying to themselves or lying to everyone else. Yeah, right. Uh, no. So for us, I think in the early days, like everyone, we had a big outbound motion, right? So yep. we had, you know, the BDRs out there, you know, we were pounding pavement. I was sending emails, you know, in the early days, especially for an enterprise software company for wow. us, you do whatever it takes to get customers, right? Yep. You know, and if that is showing up at someone's door at three in the morning, right, with takeout, like you do it, right? It doesn't matter. Um <laughs> So, but things have shifted, right, really dramatically. I think something that has always been a big part of our culture that we never really thought about until pretty recently was that we care a lot about educating people. Um, our philosophy has always been, you know, this is a really tricky space. You know, AI is hard to make heads or tails of. We really believe in our product. So our corporate thesis is that the more that we can educate the space, uh, the better that they will be able to see that, right? The smarter people are, the more, you know, we will rise to the top in the competitive landscape. And so we were always producing this blog content and something actually really interesting happened after, you know, sort of a few years of these outbound motions, right? Uh, I mean, A, we hired this incredible head of demand gen that actually started, you know, turning that into value for us, actually started tracking it, actually started figuring out, okay, who's coming in, you know, what's quality is turning into pipeline, right? Uh, I mean, his name is Jeremy. He, he's awesome, right? And this is a few years ago now. Um, but then we got, I mean, he was also running the, the outbound side of things, right? So it's not like he, he had a vested interest in this one way or the other. But as the years went by, right, the data really started to tell, to tell its own story, right? We were getting volume from the outbound side, right? Made mm -hmm. salespeople feel even good, right? Because you're having a lot of conversations, but they were really, really low quality. What we realized is that in our industry in particular, the timing for the customer is so important. Is even if you're in an opportunity, if you're in that opportunity three months or six months too late, uh, you know, you're really just wasting your time, right? You're not helping to construct the RFP, right? You're not helping to shape their notion of the market. And so the outbound motion, there was just a, a limit in the quality. Um, and we kind of pulled the ripcord, uh, you know, maybe a year ago, you know, in part with hiring this new CMO, Jeff Thomas, who also, you know, he's absolutely amazing. And we just called him. We're like, look, 100% inbound. We're doing it. Um, and best decision we ever made, I have to say. Uh, we just, we committed to it hard. You know, we cut down yep. all of the outbound spend. We say, okay, look, if this is going to anything, this is going to be LinkedIn promotions for our, you know, inbound content, right? Um, and the, the volume uh, at the sales side basically stayed the same for the first month with like the mm. very top of the funnel, like dropping 10x, right? So just like the quality sense, uh, like it was amazing. It was literally like two months later, we saw the quality yep. of the pipeline skyrocket. I love that. I love that. Okay. So, um, boy, we, this time has gone by so quick, Slater. You're a good storyteller. We've got story a lot teller. to talk about. Uh, Thank you. So, um, indicodata.ai, when somebody goes there, first off, um, like at, at what level uh, you know, would they be at that they probably should be reaching out, having a conversation? Uh, mm -hmm. And then if that's the case, what should they do? Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're an enterprise software company, right? So, you know, full, full disclosure, right? I mean, you're talking ASPs that are going to be six figures. Um, the places that we really fit in well are automation COEs, right? I think a lot of people are talking about robotic process automation today, obviously very, very big trend. That's a really nice peanut butter and jelly situation, right? Because I think people are now starting to ask, okay, great. Now I've automated the, uh, you know, three clicks on my Excel spreadsheet, right? But, you know, what's next? Uh, and people there who have kind of taken the first couple of steps in their automation journey, you know, and, and whether, you know, you're literally the head of an automation COE, or you just happen to run one of these processes, like the contract review process or something like that, and you feel like there should be better tools out there. Those are really, uh, you know, the best, the best folks for us, right? 
Um, I think maybe one thing, though, that we're really beating the drum on, right, you know, from a philosophical perspective is that organizations need to understand, you know, you don't have an invoicing problem, right? You don't have a contract review problem, right? You have an unstructured data problem, right? And it exists across your organization. Um, What we see is that organizations might have 150 different unstructured use cases. And so it's really important to think in a cohesive way, how are you going to get after that whole pie? Yeah. Awesome. So your website, again, is indicodata.ai Slater Victorov, Foundered CTO. Fun conversation, Slater. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. It was a total pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.